Hey, podcast listeners, welcome to episode 37 of Brain Lava, Timo Diaz podcast for our all things marketing and technology. I'm Patty Rio with super special guest today, uh, calling in from up north, Anna, the marketing intern extraordinaire who's been with us over the summer, has had to return back to school, but she agreed to uh, join me for this week's episode uh, and talk about her experience this summer and what she's found surprising and fun and maybe even, let's be honest, not so fun about uh, interning with our team. So good morning, Anna. Good morning, Patty. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. How's Madison? It's very good. My view is great from my apartment. I just got all settled in over the weekend, so having a great time being back here. Because class hasn't started yet, right? Yeah, so that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but I know you're a studier, so. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so, Anna, tell everyone kind of what your world's like at Madison, your, what year you're getting ready for, and why you looked for an internship. So just help everyone just kind of understand who you are, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about your first few months experience with marketing. Yeah, so I'm about to be a sophomore at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I'm a marketing major, and I'm getting a minor in digital studies. So I looked for an internship after my freshman year, just kind of randomly. I just wanted to get a lot of experience because I took all of my required classes freshman year, so I didn't really have any business experience. And I did have to take one business foundations class where we just kind of learned how to build up your resume, how to write a cover letter, just kind of general stuff that everyone, every business student should know how to do. And one of the exercises they had us complete was doing an informational interview. So I found Patty through my dad, actually, and he set me up with her contact information and I did this interview with her. And her company just sounded very interesting, sounded like exactly what I was looking for. And so then second semester of my freshman year, I contacted her and was just wondering if she had any work that I could help out with, just looking for a little bit of experience. And it ended up working out. And I had a great time this summer. I wrote some blogs for them, did some stuff with their social media. So I just kind of got a wide variety of experience in, and I know that'll definitely carry throughout my sophomore year and the rest of my college, and then into a career in the future. Yeah, we're not letting Anna go. We're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have her do some some work remotely. So, yeah. just a couple lessons learned in that that I want to tell some of our listeners who are more parents, and then Anna will get into kind of your experience. What I loved about your dad connecting us was that your dad made the connection, and then he stepped away. And mm-hmm. I've had other contacts and clients and friends make the connection and then be like, so I'll set it up. She could be to see you, you know, Wednesday at two o'clock and kind of like babysit the process. And what I loved about your dad and what he did is that he put it on you. And that's what the yeah. rest of your world's going to be like. So to the parents out there, I'm more than happy to make a connection with your high school or college aid student who has an interest, but let them own it because that's how they start having ownership of the rest of their careers, right? No one's going to babysit right. them the rest of their lives. So I love that your dad did that. And then I love that you did the follow-up with me. I love that you made the ask for, hey, do you have some projects? And so being tenacious, making the ask, even though sometimes it feels uncomfortable, 
Um, It was an awesome connection and we got some amazing projects done from Ms. Anna and she's got some experience. And like I said, we're not letting her go anytime soon. So (laughs) things happen for a reason. My dad always was kind of pushing us. He was happy to help us, my brother and I, but we always had to do kind of the heavy lifting behind it. He would make an introduction or he would proofread a paper or something, but it's not like he's going to do the work, get me through college or anything. Love it. Love it. Not being a parent, I am talking a little bit out of turn, but I love that (laughs) talking as an employer as someone who hires the kids, who hires the children of parents who do that and the children of parents who do kind of more the helicoptering. I love the approach because you're exactly the type of person we want on our team. Thank you. So three months later, Anna, tell our listeners some of maybe most surprising things you learned about marketing over the summer, things that you weren't maybe expecting. Just give a a couple lessons learned from your perspective of really getting your first uh, feet wet. I won't say we dipped your toe in because we we really dumped (laughs) you on the, the deep end of the pool, but kind of what were your first lessons learned from the last few months? Yeah, I would say the biggest one is that marketing has a lot more depth than I thought. I think from an outsider's perspective, so I would even call that me in high school or to an extent me as a freshman in college, it just looks very creative. And I think a lot of that has to do with my generation being so heavy on social media. It kind of seemed like you were marketing yourself or making your personal brand. And that was kind of the extent that I knew of marketing. So having a good Instagram feed, having a lot of followers on your social media, just kind of like a popularity contest, it seemed like to me. But once I got an actual real experience with interning for you, I learned that there's so much more to it than that. And you need soft skills and hard skills for that. Some <laughs> some trigger words. So I think soft skills that I have either used or acquired First one would be curiosity because you need to enjoy what you're doing and make it interesting to have a good outcome. I think that helped when I was doing blogs for you because everything that you had me research and write about, I was genuinely interested in it. I was curious about it just because I didn't have any experience. I didn't really know anything about the topic. So it was cool to learn about new things. And I knew that I would be needing these tools throughout college and in the future. Other soft skills, I would say, are persuasion skills, just because you want your audience to also be interested and be connected with what you're talking about. Ability to adapt, because like I said, I didn't really have any experience and kind of getting, dipping my toes in or getting it dumped on me, I definitely had to adapt and learn time management, be more responsible, because it's not like I was dealing with a school project. This is a real company that has deadlines and things they have to meet. And then communication, which is kind of an obvious one. You need to be able to communicate with your team and make sure everyone's on the same page. And then the things that I thought were a little bit more obvious, like hard skills were writing. Obviously you need some background in that. If you're, if you don't like writing or you're not good at writing, then you probably won't have the best outcome. A new one I learned was SEO, so search engine optimization, where you need to have keywords in order to get the most clicks or web traffic that you're looking for, and then being proficient in the technology aspects of it. So from you guys, I've learned 
how to use HubSpot, learned about Dropbox, just things I didn't really have experience with and added them to my marketing tool set. I love that. I love that you started with curiosity and you ended with technology because I think both of those really require any marketer, certainly a new marketer, to be a little fearless, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, yeah. if you're going to, any of us are going to look at a topic and be like, oh crap, I don't know anything about that. I'm leery. I'm I'm what have you. Or to your point, you know, it's one of our, our kind of core brand pillars is curiosity. Yeah. If you can't get fascinated about a topic, especially in the B2B world, then how can you really expect your audience to get fascinated with it and enough to want to eventually make a purchase? So I love that curiosity. And then I think it's the same skill set that has to make you comfortable with technology and learning yeah. that and realizing that that constantly changes and that doesn't stop being a learning for any of us in marketing because, you know, Facebook loves to move things and change things, as does every technology. <laughs> and yeah. you know we're always looking for the next one, right? So we're always looking for, you know, who's coming out with a, another marketing automation or who's coming out with another email technology that might have some features that help us or help our clients. So continually being kind of open to changing everything we do, I think is a a huge reminder, no matter how long you've been in marketing. Right. I think it's, that's really important is to kind of always be on your toes as well, just ready for the next thing. So it doesn't come up on you or surprise you. And then you're already behind your competitors if they were ready for something new. Yeah, definitely. Why we're looking at VR and AR, right? Because we do believe that's on the horizon, it's not right now, but we want to be in front of it, not behind it, and make sure our clients are too. Exactly. Yeah. Anything um, else that you learned this summer that either surprised you or, you know, here you're, you're a sophomore now, so there's those freshmen behind you that are going to be asking <laughs> you some questions. So anything that you would share with them on kind of ad- advice in the real marketing world? Yeah, I would say another one is... Something that surprised me was just the sheer volume of content that's already on the internet, which I kind of realized once I started doing research, just because it seemed like everything I was searching for, I would use SEO and and search up keywords to try and find something I thought would fit with a blog post. And I would just find it every single time. People have already done so much. And so it was kind of a little bit upsetting at first to realize that if I thought something would be 100% original and so great, it could have already been done and it probably has already been done. So just kind of learning that your ideas, people, a lot of times people have already done them and you kind of need to work extra hard while you're researching to weed out all of this content making sure what you're looking for is like authentic and reliable, a good source. And then also if you're going to use something in your writing, obviously not plagiarizing it, making sure you make it your own and just kind of use little tidbits of information and also not adding clutter or anything false to the internet. Yeah, I love that, right? So we make sure that we cite anyone who's out there saying smart things, and that's fine to do, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. your point, you know, we all have the same toolbox in marketing. A lot of the clients that we have all have the same toolbox as their competitors. What makes it different is your point of view. What makes it different is your approach. What makes it different is how yeah. you apply it. What makes it different is 
kind of the the intricacies and the nuances of of how you bring that. And even what I love about our team and our clients is that we're so diverse that we get to see what works in one industry and bring it into another industry, which can bring a, a different approach or a different nuance. But certainly when you're looking at content, I think oftentimes a lot of us do feel like it's already been written and what have you, but the reality is, is that what hasn't been written is our approach to it or a client's approach or an explanation that's even more clear and succinct and at the same time detailed enough that it's worth a reader spending time with it. So yeah, exactly. That healthy respect for the reader's time and making sure we're not putting up content just to put content up, that we're not being redundant. That we are being clear and concise and not adding in clutter because we want better SEO. It's a tough balance for a writer. It's not as easy. It's not as easy as maybe you thought last year, right? Right. Yeah, that was that was something I definitely had to get used to when I started is just making kind of like ticking all the boxes, making sure it was, like you said, worth the reader's time and that it was original, had a good point of view and that. I know our tone with the blog is a little bit funny, so making sure I had the right tone, just everything, it's a lot harder than writing a college research paper where you can just do the research and it's not, you don't have to follow a certain tone, it's just very formal, and that's what I had kind of gotten used to, so that was definitely something that surprised me or that I found was a little frustrating at first, but I adapted to it. And it's still hard, you know, 30 some years later for me as I write to make sure that I'm in the right tone for the client. So it's, yeah. it's on, for me, it's an ongoing of making sure you kind of get in that headspace, especially when we write for lots of different folks ourselves and clients and making sure you put on that hat of, am I a little bit more formal? Am I a little bit more sassy? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I making sure that this technical topic is still very approachable? That hat that you have to put on, you have to wear a lot of them. Right. And especially with marketing, I know I've I've researched so many diverse topics. I never thought working with a marketing company that I'd be doing research for augmented reality or virtual reality. And maybe those companies who write about that or that's their specialty, they wouldn't put someone like me in their audience. So I think making sure you're being clear enough to where people who are familiar with the topic will definitely understand and they could get your humor if you're using technological jargon or something like Mm -hmm. that, but also clear enough so that someone like me who isn't very familiar with the topic would still understand and be able to use them as a source in something that I'm writing about. Yeah, knowing that audience and realizing that you're writing for a variety of audiences, right? For lots of Mm -hmm. our clients, like us, especially in professional services, it's you might be writing for a referral partner who doesn't do anything like what you do. You might be writing for folks exactly like you who you're trying to recruit to your team as everyone seems to be hiring right now. You know, you might be writing for someone who's utilized your services before and has been doing this for 30 years or somebody who's brand new in their job and looking for someone to, you know, help make them smarter so that they're better at their job. So making sure that you can kind of cover all those audiences without becoming, you know, that beige or vanilla, Mm -hmm. yet another challenge. Writing's hard. Yeah. Words are hard. It is. Yeah. It's fun, but it's hard. Once you have the final piece and it turns out how you like it, then you feel very satisfied, but the process isn't as easy as people might think. Yeah, most definitely. Kind of segueing into another thing that surprised me 
this is a, a little bit more on the agency side, but I would say how much marketing agencies market themselves because I, I don't know. I just guess I never really thought about this one, but the work or your clients doesn't just show up. You need to uh, market yourself to get them to work with your company. So with Odia, for example, there you guys have so many platforms, uh, social media, you have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then you have this podcast, the blogs, the Feed Your Brain newsletter. There's so many things that go on in the background. And if someone just were to click on your website, might not think about all the work that's in it. They would see that as your portfolio or wanting to work with you, but didn't really realize that there were so many things going on in the background and it wasn't just the team working with your clients. You have to them there. <laughs> yeah, and that's a delicate balance for us, right? We, we're we paid to be in the background. We're not paid to be, you know, in the forefront. So making yeah. sure that the work we do for clients represents them the best and is done for them. And then certainly we love to share it. We love to share our portfolios. We love to share our work. But first and foremost, it's about getting the client's goals accomplished. But that's certainly something that we've gotten better at. It's a process. You know, I say this all the time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I would say in the last, you know, couple of years, we've really practiced what we preach. And that is dedicating internal resources and our time and our talents to our own marketing and posting yeah. consistently and doing all the things that we preach to, to clients and blogging and trying new platforms and being consistent and being in tone and being on voice and doing good SEO, all of the things that we push clients to do. We've really stepped up our game with the team in the last couple of years. I know that, you know, we have a marketing budget piece out there that talks about, you know, Odia spend last year and we spend 11% of, you know, our net revenue on internal hours and other services to do our own marketing, which is, you know, kind of right in industry standard, maybe a little bit higher. And we, we did get a 22% increase in, in revenue last year because of that spend. So really, like yeah, I said, practicing what we preach. Absolutely. Absolutely. But as you know, it, it can be challenging and that's why it's challenging for clients. We get it. We were supposed to record this podcast yesterday, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and we pushed it off to this morning because we were working on a client project that had a tight deadline and needed to get it done. So making sure that you carve out that time and keep your own marketing sacred is tough even for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. But you've been a huge help over the summer. So uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a huge bonus of being able to continue to rely on you while you go back and study hard and keep getting smarter, but still do some projects for us. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to do that because now I feel like this year I'm starting to take my, I'm taking my intro marketing class, my business analytics class. And so I'll kind of already have an idea of what they're talking about. Or maybe the first day someone will say, does anyone know what B2B is? And I can raise my hand and say, I do. So <laughs> I worked on it all summer. Yeah, I'm excited to have a little bit of a leg up maybe and just have some experience, not feel as lost. <laughs> well, I'm excited to, to see what this year holds for you. Maybe we'll plan on 
on doing a V2 of this after your next semester. See how those classes go. See what you were. Maybe that one will be, you know, what I was surprised I learned in college about marketing and kind of what what schools are teaching right now, especially your, yeah, especially your digital component. That'll be super interesting to me as to how they teach that and and how that's even kind of pulled out of marketing. Because, you know, for us, there's just no difference between digital and marketing and technology. It's all so intertwined for us that I, I wouldn't even be able to kind of pull it apart. So I'm excited to, to hear from you to, to what Madison teaches you on that. And so let's plan a, a check-in on this one when you're back for, for winter break. Yeah, I would love to do that. Awesome. Wow. I'm excited for the digital part as well because that's something I recently decided on adding as a minor, and I feel like that'll definitely be helpful in the future. So. Yeah, I I think it very soon will probably just become part of any marketer's curriculum and won't even be an option not to not to kind of have that woven in because I don't know how to divide them anymore. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Anna, for joining me this morning. I hope you guys out there listening love to get to know Anna a little bit more and maybe got some tips, whether you're a new college student, whether you're a new grad, or whether you're a parent of a high schooler or college. As always, we love to hear from you. So send any feedback or any thoughts on new topics. Do not send requests to get to know Anna to try and lure her away. So do not send that to me. <laughs> but feel free to find us at hello at teamodia.com. You can read Anna's awesome writing at our blog at www.teamodia.com. And until next time, thanks for joining me, Anna. Of course. Thanks for having me. Bye, y'all.